Recent geopolitical events have made investing tricky in an increasingly unstable and dangerous world. International tensions, global disarray and the fracturing of long-held alliances have disrupted the status quo in the global world order. Events such as Brexit, trade tensions between the US and its partners, the banning of Chinese telecoms firm Huawei by some governments and the arrest of its CFO, along with instability in Venezuela, the Middle East and elsewhere, have disrupted the global investment environment. How do you invest in such uncertain times and manage the risk from unexpected events, whilst at the same time harnessing the opportunities disruption provides? I went to see Tariq Dennison, Portfolio Manager at GFM Asset Management for some suggestions. Good morning, Tariq. Good morning, Peter. Are we living in more uncertain and disruptive times, or has it always been like this? It's actually usually been more chaotic than this. We're actually in relatively stable and relatively boring times by global standards. We don't have really major wars, major world wars, lots of coups going on, uh, as you might be expecting. Now, obviously, if you're looking at places like Venezuela or Sub-Saharan Africa, it's different than what we'd look at in Hong Kong or the US. But a few spats on a trade war is nothing out of the ordinary. But we do have unusual things going on, like the trade war, for example, that's disrupting a lot of supply chains. We have things like Brexit um, going on, sort of things that we haven't had to deal with in the past. So what do we do as an investor in times like this? Well, I wouldn't call trade wars at all unusual. They're things that come up in between periods of trade stability and lasting treaties. And the same thing with Brexit as well. It tends to be of great interest to Brits, but it's actually a fairly small issue and one increasingly unimportant economy in the world. Um, so yes, it's disruptive to businesses that have a lot to do with Britain. But I speak with lots of European businesses and Asian businesses that say Brexit, it's really, it's really an afterthought. The fundamental principles of investment have all always remain the same, which is you want to put in money now in investments that will give you back more money later. And obviously, if you're investing in trading businesses that may get disrupted by a tariff here or there, that's really no different than other risks that you would have dealt with investing in almost any other time. But we are seeing unusual things happen in the markets, aren't we? We have the central banks that are pumping in enormous amounts of liquidity in a lot of places. Interest rates have gone negative, which in some countries we've never seen before in history. So does this change some of the usual assumptions that we make about investing? It maybe changes the way that we look at details of it, but really not so much. So the negative interest rate story is a multi-year old story. It's not brand new news for 2019. Um, although if you want to look back a little further, we've had negative real interest rates in many cases uh, throughout history. So really what we're talking about here is negative nominal interest rates. Even when you're talking about what central banks are doing, the U.S. is taking quite a different course. The U.S. has actually been on a tightening schedule, and we're seeing divergences between the U.S. And, and other developed markets. So the answer, the answer once again is no, there are some differences in the details. I'm speaking right now into an iPhone instead of an old uh, recording device, but I'm still speaking into a microphone and you're still listening to this on a radio. A lot of things haven't changed. But we are seeing unusual things happen in the markets, aren't we? We've seen over the last year, for example, assets go up and down together, which sort of rather breaks the way in which you, you try and diversify your risk, particularly um, you know, when you want to try and sort of insulate yourself from some of the things that are going on. When you see bonds, stocks, gold, the dollar all go up and down at the same time, how do you diversify your portfolio and manage your risk? In, in circumstances like that. 
Well, what you're seeing is you're seeing increasing correlations and increasing contagion or, or tail risk is really what you're worried about. So yes, you're right. Things that we usually think don't move together or move in opposite directions uh, are moving more and more together. And what it means is to diversify, we need to look further afield. Uh, so the classic example used to be oil and stocks. You used to think they moved in opposite directions because higher oil prices was bad for the economy and vice versa. Now oil and stocks tend to move together. But the result is, is now we want to look at more frontier markets like Vietnam and Malaysia are still quite decoupled from other markets. So if you include those in your portfolio, you get diversification benefits that before you used to get by including Japan or China. But you're seeing two of the biggest asset classes, bonds and stocks. We've seen several periods now where they both move together, whereas traditionally they tend to move in opposite directions, don't they, which provides a sort of natural diversification. I wouldn't say naturally. That's happened in regimes. If you look back to the 1990s, stocks and bonds moved, moved together then as well. Then in the 2000s, they moved in opposite directions. And once again, you see them move together. But you need to remember, not all stocks are the same. Not all bonds are the same. Just because the S&P 500 and the 10-year U.S. Treasury move together doesn't mean that um, Canadian small caps and European covered bonds move in the same direction. So again, it matters looking at the entire dashboard and making sure you put together a diversified portfolio using all the ingredients, not just the two majors. We're seeing a lot of disruption in international relationships. We have Donald Trump in the White House. He's eschewing traditional allies. He's making friends with people that traditionally America isn't friends with. He's disrupting supply chains through the trade war. It's causing a lot of uncertainty, isn't it? How do you deal with that as an investor? There's always uncertainty in investing. I would say the biggest risk in investing is actually thinking there isn't uncertainty, even when there when there is. So. No, now is not necessarily a more uncertain time than before, but what I watch out for is complacency. If you look at the level of the VIX, for example, the level of the VIX says the market really isn't afraid right now. There really isn't a lot of fear of uncertainty. Um, should you be worried that there will be more uncertainty? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, is Donald Trump really disrupting as many things as, as people say? No, not really. He has Congress to keep him in check. He has reality to make sure that as much as he shakes things up, he still ultimately wants to get a deal and he doesn't want to kill the U.S. economy. So at the end of the day, yes, we see a few shifts and we see a few things getting shaken up. Uh, but I think the difference is between a VIX of 13 and a VIX of 18, not a VIX of 30 or 50. And if you are worried, though, about this, maybe you're concerned that perhaps the trade discussions with the US and China will fall apart. If you're concerned about the impact of things like that on the markets, what should you do as an investor? Uh, well, I would say don't let certain fears and certainly don't let news headlines disrupt an otherwise prudent and disciplined investment approach. No matter what happens in the news, you're still going to be working. You're still going to want to save money. You're still going to want to generate a long-term income that, that beats the rate of inflation. The discipline for doing that doesn't really change with different news headlines here and there. So yes, when China, Chinese stocks go from a PE of 25 to a PE of 15, you probably want to increase your allocation to Chinese stocks a little bit, not radically, a little bit. When the 10-year goes from 3% to 2%, you might want to decrease your exposure to U.S. bonds. Again, a little bit, not all or nothing. So what you seem to be saying is 
ignore all these events that are going on, take a long-term approach to your portfolio, stay disciplined in the way in which you've done in the past, and you should be okay. Well, I'm saying discipline is important, but what I'm also saying is people who write the newspapers have very different incentives than investors. They are meant to focus on the here and now and make you think that everything is urgent and absolutely critical to your portfolio when really it's not. So yes, by all means, read the news, keep educated on top of what's going on, but don't let it drive you. The reason you should be, the big story to look at was 20 years ago, China wasn't a major investment market for most of us. Now it is too big to ignore. If you ignored the news all of this time, you would have missed one of the most important sectors of global stock markets to include in your portfolio. So I'm not saying ignore the news, but these trends take 10, 20 plus years, not 10, 20 minutes. That was Tariq Dennison, Portfolio Manager at GFM Asset Management. Thank you for listening this morning. Next week, We'll look at how to manage financially living in the world's most expensive city here in Hong Kong. Jimmy Lam will meet a listener who's about to get married to discuss her financial plans. Finally, in our investment segment, I'll explore what buying and selling by company insiders can tell us about future stock price performance. I hope you can join me again at the same time next week. In the meantime, from me, Peter Lewis, enjoy your weekend. Bye for now.